Welcome to the Full Life Conversations podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Venegas. Thanks for being with us. We're having great conversations about real life with each other, full life with God, and kingdom life on mission. And I'm happy to welcome back my friends, Asbury Pastor of Missions, Chris Letson, and Teaching Pastor and Director of College Ministry, Garrett Howell. We are in a series about awakening, looking at the person of Jesus as depicted in the book of Luke. So today we're in chapter six, as we hear the words Jesus gave his disciples in his Sermon on the Mount about loving our enemies. So let's get into it. Here's that conversation. Chris Garrett, welcome back for episode three. Thank we're you. Talking it's good to be about, back. It's good to have you guys. We're talking about loving our enemies today. Um, Garrett uh, just gave a great sermon uh, last Sunday on this. Before we really get going here, I want to ask you, Krissa, what's going on with you? Yeah, I would say uh, for me, we are just a couple of short weeks away until our missions gathering mm-hmm. where we'll have all of our mission partners, both global and local, join us um, as we activate the kingdom. Our theme is activate and just so excited, such great anticipation for what the Lord will do uh, just in our interactions together, just to hear across the globe and here in our community, uh, what God is up to and how people are involved in ministering to others in that. And so it is just a been a fun season of preparation and planning, and it is almost here, and we are so, so excited for what is to come. That's awesome. So that starts February 5th. February 4th and 5th. 4th and 5th. And yes. you can go to wearasbury.com slash activate if you want to check out more information That's about right. that. Um, well, that's awesome, Krista. Thank you so much. So today we're talking about loving our enemies, and we're going deeper together surrounding the passage of Luke, one of the synoptic gospels. And this is chapter 6, verses 27 through 36 when Jesus is essentially preaching his sermon on the Mount and he begins to list out how to go about doing life with those we might call our enemies. Mm -hmm. And he says things like, love your enemies, do good to those who who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who mistreat you. And then he gives the the golden rule. You know, we all know it. He who has the gold rules. Right? That's right. No? Okay. No, no. I mean, do unto others before they do it to you. That's what... No? That's how we interpret it. No? Okay. Sorry. Wrong again. So <laughs> do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. And so the last one seems simple enough, but essentially he's saying be a giver and not mm-hmm. to say, mm-hmm. let everyone walk all over you. But when our identity is in Jesus, as we've said in previous episodes, we're guided by the Holy Spirit as Jesus was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So basically, it looks different. Hold life with an open hand. We've, we've said that a couple other times uh, in the last few episodes. And he goes on to say, your reward will be great. Mm-hmm. You will be children of the Most High because yeah. he is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Mm. He is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. And lastly, he says, be merciful just as your father is merciful. Mm -hmm. So we're in a series called The Road of Awakening, and you've each shared in previous episodes what awakening looks like to you. And as we hear these words of Jesus, can you imagine those listening had most likely never even had heard these or or had had these thoughts Mm -hmm. before as to living life with an open hand, essentially. 
So what do you think was going through the minds of these disciples as they were, for all intents and purposes, experiencing awakening? Yeah, well, I think about other teachings that Jesus gave in this same sermon in Luke. And part of me thinks that as they listened to the teachings up until this point, maybe they thought, okay, I can do that. Or, yeah, I could mm-hmm. try hard and make that teaching happen. Yeah. And then you hear this teaching and he goes, yeah, love your enemies. And it sort of shatters that thought in their brain of, I could do that. Like, I imagine when they heard love your enemies, they thought, I'm never going to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it really brings us back to this thing we've talked about this whole series and the whole point of the series, which is the reality that, I mean, discipleship, biblical discipleship, being like our teacher, Jesus, really starts with being filled with the spirit of Jesus mm-hmm. and that the Holy Spirit implants in us desires and power that we don't have on our own. That is yeah. the only thing that's ever going to make loving our enemies possible. Yeah. I mean, even a thought is mm-hmm. that's not something we could ever achieve just trying harder. Yeah. yeah. There are enemies. By definition, we don't like them. Right. Um, man, if any command points us back to the necessity of the Holy Spirit as the source of our righteousness, it is love your enemies. Yeah. Yeah, and right. and when you say, uh, if anything, when we are when we are following Jesus, uh, when we are putting ourselves under His authority, um, is it true that we might actually come in contact with more people who are hard to love? Could be, yeah, yeah. Yep. <laughs> Chris is looking at me like, yep, yep. <laughs> Yeah. That's it. Mm. So as we talk about loving our enemies, Garrett, do you have any enemies? So it's interesting that had you asked me that question a couple years ago, I probably would have said no. Um, And then a couple years ago, I had an experience that changed my perspective on that. Um, So I was doing a travel speaking event and uh, had some friends in ministry that I had done a lot of ministry with before. And, uh, happened to be leading worship at this, they were leading worship at this event that I was speaking at. And uh, we'd had some conflict in the past. And um, it's interesting that right before uh, we went on stage, I just had this thought in my heart of, do I feel good about going on stage with them? I'm going to say anything to them before I do. I thought, yeah, I think you do. And for me, that changed that question. Um, Before that, I would have said, is anybody who would say Garrett's their enemy? No. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but if I said, is there anybody that might not feel comfortable ministering with you? Or is there anybody, if they walked in the room, you wouldn't be able to speak to them? Hmm. That made enemy a little more real to me. Hmm. And I went, oh, maybe there are some people that I need to work on talking to in my life. I think that's part of the challenge of the teachings of Jesus is it is always, they're always calling us deeper. Like it, it would be easy to say, oh, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, and think, that's fine, that's easy for me, I don't really have any enemies, I love lots of people, and I like lots of people, maybe not quite as many, you know, um, but to, to put it in that perspective and reframe that mm-hmm. and reshape that, and I would answer that question differently after your explanation. It's kind of funny, I... 
this isn't a hard and fast rule, but something that's kind of grown in my life a little bit in the last couple of years is um, if I'm having a devotional time or a prayer time, and if in the prayer time, if I end up asking myself the question, do I need to talk to so-and-so to resolve any conflict with them? If that thought comes to my mind three times or more in different prayer times, I assume that means I need to talk to so-and-so. Mm-hmm. So I would just say to somebody listening, if you're doing devotions or at church or doing anything with the Lord and you repeatedly have a thought come to mind, doesn't matter if you feel like God says it. If you're just in the presence of God and his people and you feel like a thought comes to mind of, should I, man, there's this person, do I need to talk to them? Do I need to reconcile with so-and-so? Hmm. That's probably a clue you need to. If you can't be in the presence of God repeatedly without thinking about resolving something, that's probably a hint you should do that. Am I saying it's a sin right now? Not necessarily. I wouldn't know that. But I think it's an indicator you need to take care of that, which is interesting because it technically means the more of a person of prayer you are, the more of a person of reconciliation you should be. Yeah. The, the more you're getting into God's presence, the more aware you are of the situation you need to respond to. That's actually one way I would define like a difference in a mature believer and yeah. an immature believer is an immature believer probably has a lot of enemies and isn't aware of it and is just letting that fester. Yeah. Hopefully a mature believer becomes aware of that very quickly because they're pursuing the presence of Jesus in which you can't stay very long and have active dissension. It won't work. Mm -hmm. You will know. Yeah. Um, If you're walking in forgiveness, you know, as far as it depends on you, be at peace with all people. That's right. I know uh, Krista and I've done a bunch of like, you know, different prayer nights, encounter nights, prayer classes with people. And sometimes I talk about how prayer, your prayer life is kind of like a house. And I mean, I really think there's a limit to how deep you get in the house of prayer mm-hmm. without forgiving people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That eventually you're putting a lid on your prayer life. You're like, well, this is as far as we're going to go. We're not going to get any deeper in this house. We can't explore this prayer life anymore because there's active unforgiveness. In you. I mean, it's very tied to your spiritual walk, yeah. um, deeply tied. Well, if you have anything against your brothers, don't even come to the table. Mm-hmm. Go to him. Go mm-hmm. to them first. Mm-hmm. I think also <clears throat> mature believers growing disciples, they also are discerning because they they are aware that the Spirit dwells within them and, and guides them and, and helps them discern. So when you have kind of what came to my mind just with my background in counseling and different recovery ministries and things, is that there are times that it is not safe to, to enter into mm-hmm. those conversations that we may think, okay, well, you know, we need to reconcile on all fronts and we absolutely need to, as far as it is within us, live at peace. I think that's part of the road of awakening is we grow in our discernment and we grow in our knowledge that, um, Lord, is this, like you said, three times in prayer, you're, mm-hmm. you, you know, the Lord is saying you need to do something about this. Um, and really, we don't get to the point where we can even know how to do anything about that if we aren't again, as disciples in close proximity with Jesus. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And then because in those situations where it may be a little more ambiguous, we, we will have to have the discernment of the spirit. And now I'm thinking somebody who might be in a relationship that's harmful Mm -hmm. or has had uh, people in the past who have been harmful to them. And we certainly don't want to encourage that, but we also can't use that as a badge in a flippant way to say, oh, well, this person hurt my feelings. That's not the same thing. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, right. as, and so I think we have to 
really be discerning in that too. And part of what sticks out to me in this passage is love your enemies, do good to those who hate you. Hmm. Do good to those who hate you, who hate you. So I think this teaching is, this reflects kingdom values, right? We all live out our values. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So one of my values is to have a thriving relationship with my husband. And so then that drives, that value drives how I spend my time and how I talk to him and how we connect and all of that. So if we are to be people who are living kingdom values, then this is, this is something we have to wrestle with. Mm -hmm. um, do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. What is our natural impulse as humans when somebody attacks with words or anything else? It is to attack back. Mm -hmm. And yeah. Jesus is saying, I want you to not only not say the wrong thing, I want you to actually speak words of blessing. Mm. Like wow. bless those wow. who curse you. You know, in the beginning of this, he's, hmm. you know, started his teaching with the blessed are you who are poor for yours is the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just write just a few verses before that. Mm -hmm. And then he, he says, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you. And that is just remarkable to me. Hmm. So who in my life then am I more resistant to do good to? That's is, your enemy. It, that is my enemy. Yeah. yeah. For me, that yeah. is my enemy. If there That's is good. somebody and I am, yeah. <clears throat> to go back to your question, yeah. I had a person that um, in preparing for this came to my mind. Um, and this is actually from a, a, a time before in my life, but I thought, oh, I would call that something differently now uh, because it wasn't just... I can't get along with this person. <laughs> mm -hmm. It was way beyond that. It And it started, I could tell it was starting to grow in my heart. And I was, I didn't want, I didn't want to do good to that person. Um, and, and that was something that I had to work, work through and, and work with. But it just in thinking about that and thinking, who is it I would withhold mm -hmm. good from? Maybe yeah, that would be a yeah. better way to say mm -hmm. that. Yeah. Like, who is it I would withhold good from? Um, and, and so less in terms of who is, who is my, I'm on one side and you're on the other. Right. Right. It's not like, it's not that is, it's who would I withhold good from? Yeah. It's a great definition. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting that when I think back to some of these people I'm talking about that I had past conflict with, it's interesting that, you know, Chris, you mentioned if if somebody's maybe listening and maybe they've had some really harmful relationships mm -hmm. in the past, like people that maybe to be honest, it's hard to even speak their name out loud. Right. Mm. Right. Um, I remember the first time that I spoke for in my life, these people's names out loud in prayer, mm. that that was a huge step for me. Yeah. That maybe you're listening. You're like, well, if I have somebody I don't want to do good to, I can't just, I'm not ready to go to them right now and have this. Well, can you just like say their name? Yeah. To the mm -hmm. Lord. You have to pray for them. Just say yeah. their name to the Lord. That's a baby step mm -hmm. in good. loving your enemy. And then maybe do that once a week. Mm -hmm. And then maybe in a month, you actually pray for them or in six months. And then, but for me, there was a very real baby step process that kind of led into actually being able to call them and 
talk with them and speak verbal blessing, like Jesus yeah. says, over them? I think for me, I had a, a time in my life where I couldn't even do that. So uh, that was that was a gigantic leap for me to pray a person's name and, and to pray for a person. And actually, it was in a season where I couldn't pray at all. It wasn't that I didn't want to pray. I didn't desire to pray. Um, I just, it just nothing was happening. I could not. It was a very, very dark, dark time in my life. And I knew I needed to do something. I just didn't have the wherewithal myself. Mm-hmm. And so I had two trusted people. One was a very close friend. The other was my husband. And they literally, in a season, while I was walking through that difficulty, they would pray for that person for me. Would that be mm. a prayer proxy? <laughs> Maybe. Or I don't, I don't know what the That's word for that amazing. would be. But what it did wow. was it, over time, I was still doing my work. And, but that, that changed my heart toward this person Man. and the relationship on this side of that so many years later, well, it's not anything like perfect. It is day and night. Wow. And I credit so much of that to people standing in the gap Praise to pray God. for me, for somebody that I, I, I couldn't do it. You know, I, I'm not that holy. Praise yeah. God. I got a wow. lot of room to grow, yeah. you know, and so that was just huge for me. And so it might be that we know we need to do some work in this area. We just don't know how to do it. Well, we are in community together. Yep, I love that. Yep. Like yeah. this is what, this is part of what we do together. Yep. You know, as devoted not, disciples of Jesus. If yes. you're not in community with other people, look at how amazing community is yes how how it brings yeah. such incredible life change to be able to walk in forgiveness towards someone who you couldn't even pray yeah that's right yeah it's amazing i mean mm-hmm. not only <clears throat> is the road of awakening not something we're meant to walk alone mm-hmm. you can't walk it yeah. alone yeah. that's right you will reach a point in following the teachings of jesus where you go i can't take another step yeah. i don't have yeah people around me. Yeah. You can't do it. That's so good. So how do we how do we love our enemies in the context of of being kingdom-minded people living life on mission? I think we need to start with whose narrative we are listening to. Because it is really easy to look at the world around me and berate and villainize and scream at people who are different than me. Hmm. But that is not what we see Jesus do. He calls us to a higher standard Mm -hmm. that is countercultural and hard and not something we can do on our own. Mm -hmm. So I think that for us as Christians, for those who have said, yes, Jesus, and not only a half-hearted yes, because I want to spend forever with you, but I'm all in, yes, yeah. full life now on this earth. And we're walking that out imperfectly, messing up all the time, but we are, we are committed to walking it out. Then, Yeah, it's not too awakening. It's of awakening. It's of awakening. Yeah, yeah we, like, we continue <laughs> on this path. We, we continue down, down the path, and we can't, we can't ignore the messages that we're listening to. We, this is this is our narrative. Yep, right. Scripture. This Come this on. is it our is. narrative. It is, and mm-hmm. and there are a lot of directions we can go 
and and it can be subtle in veering us off the road yep. of awakening, which is Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life. Yeah. And so if I'm going to live out kingdom values, then I have to look at how Jesus treated people who came against him. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. they killed him, right? That, I mean, that's not ambiguous, <laughs> You know, and so what does it mean for me to have this this ethic of love that we see expressed from God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit throughout the pages front to back? Mm -hmm. That is the ethic that we are called to. And not some mushy, Mm -hmm. mealy, no teeth in it kind of thing. I mean, authentic, real. I mean, Jesus laid down his life for us, that kind of love. And so that's the kind of values that, that we're called to live. We're called to emulate Jesus and, and pattern our lives after him. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, somehow, by God's grace and the power of the Holy Spirit, I can look at my life today and look back a year ago or two years ago or three years ago and think, wow, Jesus, yeah. I got a long way to go, but... Look at where you've brought me. Yeah. You know, and so I think, I think it's, we have to remember too on this, this road of awakening, this, this ongoing path of discipleship. It's, it's not the road to awakening, right? It's the road of, it's this, this constant journey. And so for me, that means living out this, this value that I treat, I treat people who are different than me. Mm -hmm. What I heard somebody say once something about otherizing people. It's easy hmm. for, I think I heard a, a pastor, um, I can't remember who to give credit to that for, but um, it was a message, an older message I was listening to. She said, we have to be careful not to otherize people. Hmm. And it's it's really easy to do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, the world makes it super easy, but but that's, that's not the way to live. And quite honestly, we miss so much hmm. when we engage with people uh, in the way that Jesus did with, from a place of, of true love. Mm-hmm. Like we love him with everything we have. We love our neighbor as ourselves. And I just, I don't know, for me, that that is a way that I am praying that the church will live out differently mm-hmm. her narrative than the world's narrative. Yeah. Um, because it's, it's just really easy to default to that. But I just have I have such great expectation of the church and how we as the body of Christ can show a different way of relating to people uh, than than what we see around us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And not berating and judging the people doing that in the process. Like how do we there's there's got to be a different way. And I just I just long for the day where we yeah. can see that. You know, I think about our some of our mission partners, and some of them are serving in places in regions that um, this passage probably means something very differently to them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to pretend to, yeah. you know, interpret that for them or how they see that through their context, but um, it's very real. And and what can we learn in walking through situations where people, um, either it's my own my own withholding of good from somebody else or somebody who is, 
you know, their life is in danger because they've committed to the way of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Chris, I loved what you were sharing about how you were interceding for someone else through Greg, your mm-hmm. husband and your good friend. Yeah. How they were praying for you. Can we do that Yeah. now uh, for the listener who kind of maybe in that same situation, you know, can't even speak the name of someone. Um, Can we just do that real quick? Yeah, absolutely. Father, we are incredibly mindful of how much you love us and how good you are to us. And you are so faithful. We recognize that in this conversation that can be a bit heavy, that there may be somebody listening right now who hears this and either wants to shut it off uh, or it's just so overwhelming thinking there is no way I will never be there. I'll never get to the point where I can say my enemy's name, much less pray for them and desire good things for them. I said, Lord, first I want to pray for those who are listening who have been harmed uh, by others. And I pray that through your wisdom and discernment, you would show them what moving forward looks like. Mm -hmm. Only you can do that, Lord. And so I ask that your Holy Spirit would come and give guidance and direction for anyone that applies to right now. Lord, for others who have been rejected in some way or have had some kind of some kind of wound from another person that we just can't seem to get over. Um, maybe it's it's created bitterness that has then grown into resentment. And Lord, we know that 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 resentment has deep roots that just really um, just kind of shut you out. And so, Lord, I would pray that for anybody who has someone like that in mind, they think I can't even say this person's name. I just I pray for them in this moment. I pray that you would uh, do good to the person that they can't even say the person's name. I pray that you would uh, begin to soften the heart of the listener who thinks, I don't know if I'm ever going to get there. And Lord, I I pray against condemnation from the enemy Mm -hmm. that would want to create shame that says you shouldn't feel that way. I speak against that in the name of Jesus. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would give guidance and next steps and uh, put people in their path that uh, they trust that can pray in their stead before they get to that point. I ask for continued healing for every listener, uh, for continued healing, for continued uh, reconciliation where that is at all possible God, I, we know that you can do this. This is this is who you are. Mm-hmm. And so I ask that uh, you would come and move in these situations and, and have your way. And then we will be sure, we will be sure to give you all the glory because yeah. it is all due you. Yeah. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Maybe so. Thank you, Krista. Thank you, Garrett. You guys are awesome. So uh, honored and grateful to uh, to have the privilege of, of working with you. And then to be able to have these conversations with you. Thank you so much. Um, We'll see you next time. Absolutely. Thanks for having us.
Next week, we welcome Asbury lead pastor Tommy Gray to the Full Life Conversations podcast, and he shares about the woman who washed and anointed the feet of Jesus with her tears and perfume. Here's a quick preview of that conversation. Jesus would encounter people, and he would often say things like, your faith has saved you. Your faith has made you whole. He would also say things like, now go and sin no more. Mm -hmm. So there's just this interesting uh, beauty or reality about Jesus is that he didn't uh, disavow that in our lives. We are sinners. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I I think uh, a good way of saying that is around language like celebrate recovery. Chris, it's... uh, Hurts, habits, hang-ups, we've all got them. Yeah. But the Pharisee didn't think he had them. Right. Right. And somehow Jesus um, was so attractive to this woman that even in her sinfulness and brokenness, she felt safe there. Yeah. And I, as a pastor, as a follower of Christ, as a church leader in this world, I'm like, what does it take for us to be that? Mm-hmm. To not That's ignore, That's a not ignore sin. We're all sinners. But somehow we don't start there or major there. And people actually find freedom from their sin and their brokenness because they feel safe. So that's next episode. You don't want to miss that. If you have any other thoughts or questions, send those to podcast at weareasbury.com and join the conversation. Also, you can join us for mobile worship each Sunday at 9 a.m. We'll be right there in the chat. And if you need prayer, we are there for you. You can get there on the We Are Asbury app, which you can find at the App Store or Google Play. In addition to submitting a prayer request, the We Are Asbury app has a ton of great message content from all our worship venues and ways to get you connected to the Asbury family. And if you'd like to support our ministry financially, you can do that through the app as well. Remember to give us a like, a follow, a rating, a review, depending on where you get your podcast, and that will really help us grow our reach. Please share our podcast with a friend, a family member, coworker, so you too can start a conversation with those in your circle. Thanks again for being a part of this journey with us as we live real life with each other, full life with God, and kingdom life on mission. See you next time. Mm